Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effects on the markets. This podcast is for educational purposes and should not be taken as investment advice. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you're prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now onto the podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Dylan Holman, and joining me is seasoned trader Henry Ward, who has over 10 years' experience in the markets. Hello, everyone. How are you? The podcast has a simple format, which will see us talking about the top three financial stories in the news. This week, we'll be discussing Peloton, Transentrix, and Lemonade. First things first, though, Henry, how's your week been? It's been it's been a funny all week. We've had a really big, well, I say really big. We've had a over the last ten days, we've had a nice drop on the likes of the Nasdaq, the S and P. Um, I've had a lot of a lot of people chatting me going, Henry, the market's crashed. The market's crashed. Just to just to reiterate, the market hasn't crashed. It's dropped eight point eight percent. That is a pullback. That is exactly what we wanted. So we can actually then jump in at a cheaper rate for a crash. The market has to drop about thirty percent for a crash. So just to Get everyone's mind at ease there but we've had some really really nice trades we're on the likes of fx and we had cryptocurrency that literally missed um, bitcoin literally missed my entry by 400 i had a, had an entry on long on bitcoin at, at 42,500. it came down to 42,900, so it barely missed my entry but yeah and then we had a nice trade on gbp chf um, anyone who did my webinar this week um, would have known how we do that. So we've had GBP strengths versus the weakest currency, which is out there as CHF. So that was that was a nice trade and it's running now at the moment. Okay, well, let's crack on with topic one then, which is Peloton. So arguably, there couldn't have been a company who was better placed in the fitness industry than Peloton. You know, gyms were closed and everyone was looking for a way to keep fit yeah. while up. Ex- ex- except myself. <laughs> well, let's not go into that. I mean, a guy who barely makes 500 steps a day. Well, well you say that. I also actually have a subscription to, to Peloton. I joined up to one of the, I was in one of my weaker moments and then I decided to jump in. It was a three month free trial. I was like, okay, cool. Now I'm paying the subscription. Well, they have 3.1 million members currently, and you were one of those <laughs> for three months anyway. And, uh, you know, they're, they're pretty famous now um, for having, you know, the bikes with regular sessions put on, um, which you can follow on the screens, which are kind of incorporated into the bikes. But they also have the running machines with a similar sort of concept. Yeah, no, they've, they've been, they have done extremely, extremely well over the over this period of time. And look, uh, we, we know that, that Peloton have been a subscription service. And uh, they're, before the subscription... Well, they make money from the bikes yes. as well. So, and then you top that up with a monthly service. So it's a, a pretty a, good a, financial model for them. Absolutely. So the bikes... They're not cheap, are they? You no, know, those bikes the, are north of £1,000. Yeah, the, so the bikes range between uh, $1,800 to... $4,200 depending on what uh, depending on what bike you want and then it depends on what type of membership you want so uh, my membership is is $12.99 because I'm someone who doesn't have a bike and don't jump on that and I can I can do the workouts um, on demand or I can actually do them live now whereas if you're someone who has the bikes or the treadmills so they also do treadmill courses so that is £39 a month. So it's a pretty big revenue generation between the two of them, whether it's the, the bikes or the, or the treadmills or whether it's the likes of the subscriptions, whether 12 99 or 39 quid. 
So their share price in 2020 understandably grew by 440%. So as I said before, you know, one of the the big winners of the pandemic lockdown. However, you know, Bojo has announced way of getting back. The road road map. That's that's the word I'm looking for. The roadmap for getting back to normal where gyms will become available again. So will we likely see a drop in share price as people head back to the gyms? Or do you think now that people have been become accustomed to exercising at home, have the Peloton set up already, that they're just going to continue with their subscriptions? Well, you you have a you have a look at the likes of this is that subscription services have been a win-win across this whole this whole pandemic, whether it's the likes of Netflix, whether it's the likes of Disney, whether it's the likes of Amazon Prime, anyone who's paying the subscription service, they have skyrocketed, whether it's DocuSign, any of those things have just gone on from strength to strength. And Peloton has been no different. Like you said, 440% up this year. But what Peloton has done is had has had a, a pretty a pretty bad 2021 so far. So if we look at the stock, it's actually dropped 35%, which means that it, it hasn't gone on like we've expected. But what Peloton have actually done is in December, they had bought an equipment fitness company, Precore. Now, they bought that for $420 million to bolster um, the Peloton manufacturing capabilities, but also to have another window to actually sell to people, so other equipment sources. And now, on the back of that announcement, the, the, the stocks in December rose 22%. But since then, they have they've sort of waned a little bit. You also have the the likes of announcements. I know there was I know you were you were very happy about this. Is that they they were doing a recording with with Beyonce, uh, Dylan, and and it was something. That <laughs> I remember that that was big for them, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was, and there was there was a lot of there was a lot of subscribers from uh, all over the world because of this, and that is something they have done. But yeah, it's we we they've had a pretty big pullback over the last so twenty twenty one. Now, is this a point now where we should be jumping in and buying, or is this a point where we're actually looking and, and seeing a big sell-off? Just picking up on your comment that they bought the equipment manufacturer, Recor, that's one of those companies that I always see their weights in sort of uh, hotel chains and gyms across the country. So it's actually a pretty big deal that they're able to extend their product range by that acquisition. And it means that now they're not just the bikes and the uh, running machines, but they are kind of a full service gym manufacturer. Yeah, no, it, and, and that's it. We talked about they're having a, having a decline in the stock prices, but the stock prices were a record high at 100 70 dollars it's now at 111 dollars so if you thought it was value at 170 dollars you have you have massive value at a 35 percent discount now peloton's physical 2021 uh, first quarter for the three months period of september and um, saw the revenue spike by 232 percent year on year to 757.9 million so that is that is a massive massive spike year on year so 232 percent is phenomenal and their subscriptions have doubled over that period of time and it's just to to reflect on this is that um, last year they had a 9.2 percent loss over their the revenue whereas this year they ended up 15.7 percent profit so that's a that's a huge turnaround in a company that IPO'd. So what you will see is a lot of companies that are very new that run at a loss and Peloton was no different. So in 2019, they were running at a loss. They were down 9.2%, whereas in 2020, they ended up turning up as a 15.7% profit, which is which is great for a company that has 
has only what for nearly less than 10 years here eight years historical yeah, data so eight, eight years old aren't they and yeah. so to be turning over a profit like that is 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 much better than the a lot of fitness uh, or should i say technology brands oh absolutely and do we think peloton is here to stay absolutely when we actually get back to the real world, once we get back to actually um, where we're going to gyms, we're going to offices, we're going to concerts and stuff like that there, will Peloton sales drop off? Yes, they will. But what will happen is then we will find Peloton's natural place where their, where their natural market is. And then from there, we should slowly start to see it growing again. And that's and that's a but depends on whether we're going to have a big drop first or whether it's going to continue going. But at the minute, this for me would be a hold off, wait and see what's going to happen. Yeah, just on the user base, I think I probably fit quite nicely into who they're targeting. You know, I've always gone to a gym, but now have a young family. And so when I move house this month, am I going to go back to the gyms when they open up? Probably not. I'm going to get myself a Peloton and just do my workouts from home. And so there's certainly a huge market for them. And I can see them, you know, being around for a long time. Oh, absolutely. And, that, and, that's, and that's it. And, and you would be your target audience. OK, well, let's move on to topic two then, which is transentric. So big company, and on March 5th, 2021, they will change their trading name to a census. Um, and that's basically to put a spotlight on the company's lead product, which is the Zenhart Surgical System. So first things first, what is a Zenhart Surgical System? <laughs> You're not asking me an easy question there, are you? <laughs> so the Zenhart Surgical System is... What this is, this is a robotic arm or a robotic system that actually can operate on people. So, and this works really, really well because you only need two people in there. You need one person to monitor, monitor the vitals, and then you need one person just to anything that that's needed out of the ordinary. And then the surgeon is in a little room. There's a 3D retina scanner that's onto his eye. So anytime he looks at something, the camera will, will automatically go there. And um, so it's very, very high tech. And it's something that is trying to combat the likes of MRSA, it's trying to combat the likes of COVID, all these diseases that has transferred when people are having operations. And it is something that has seems to have hit a little sweet spot with the likes of a coronavirus pandemic coming in. And it seems to be something that is that has benefited from that. In 2020, the company had 10 clinical programs in operation, three of them which were in the U.S., and it's really come into its own because obviously with COVID-19 causing a lot of difficulties, because of the company's surgical robotic systems, they're able to perform over 1,450 procedures whilst not having clinical staff actually in the room. So this is where Transanceric has sort of come into its own a little bit. Why? Because you don't need massive amounts of people in the room. So when there's a normal surgery going on, you could have 10, 15 people in a room, likes of the robotic system, you don't. You only need two people in the room and then you have the surgeon in a different room altogether, which means there's less chance of people getting caught with or passing coronavirus to each other. 2021 has been has been pretty good to likes of Transcentric, but if we look at 2020, it's, it has a cash revenue stream of 17.5 million in cash. Now, it's already raised 100 million already for 2021 as well. So with these extra resources, with what's going on in the world, we would expect the likes of this company to, to potentially kick on a little bit. Now, in 2018, it was at a massive high. Now, we don't want the same thing to happen again. So we'd like this to grow nice and slowly. 
Well, yeah, if we look at the share price, you said in 2018, it was a massive high. So the value was $91 a share, and it's now at $3.7 a share. So what happened back then for it to be at such a high amount? Yeah, but so since then, it has dropped 97%. Okay, now there are there have been a few reasons why this is that. Now, one is that people have jumped on the bandwagon. So it was something that was was completely different. It was sort of looking at it going, this, this is doing really, really well. But when you look into it a little bit more detail is the company is not profitable. It's a bit like when we talked about Peloton earlier on. Peloton is running seven years, but seven of those years haven't been profitable. Now, this year it's profitable, or 2020 it's profitable, but the, the previous seven years it wasn't. And it's the same with Transcentrix. It's not, it hasn't been a profitable company. So for it to go from, say, one or two dollars the whole way up to $90 or $90, $91, that's a huge moment. It's, it's a huge run. And problem is, is that it didn't back up the revenue didn't back up what what was going on now at three pounds 70 revenue backs it up so of the money that they're making yes they're not successful they're not profitable yet but if we look at it they're growing 56 percent year on year over the last over the last eight years so the, the thing is is that they are growing much quicker than other companies that are not profitable and if this continues, you would expect them over the next year or maybe two years to become quite profitable. So the way I would explain this is a bit like a penny stock. You would buy it with a small amount of cash, maybe 1%, maybe even less of your account, and then buy it and just hold. So it's much more high risk. Yeah, because we we generally, for instance, the last stock I bought was um, was PayPal. Now, PayPal is running nicely. It's in an upward trend for the last the last four or five years. It's consistently making money. Revenue is good. It's outperforming the consensus. It's on an upward trajectory. You know what I mean? Everything points for it to continue growing. Whereas this has dropped from $91 down to 3.7 quid per share. It's a huge drop. But over the last six months, it's had a pretty decent rise and what we want is this to slowly grow so i would like to see this potentially by the end of 21 to to grow to say 30 dollars and then at the end of 22 potentially grow to 60 dollars and then 2023 to grow to 90 dollars i don't want to go like i did last time just skyrocket up to 91 dollars and then and then drop again and that's the idea so it's not that it's it's high risk it's just a completely different place. So you're, we're going and placing a complete different strategy to what we normally would do. And once you put your stop losses in the correct places, then it becomes less risky anyway, because if you put it pretty tight to what you're buying the, in at, the, 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 then... The thing limits. about it is if you risk 1% of your account, you don't need a stop loss on this because you have a natural, natural stop loss of the, the stock can only go to zero, which means then if you risk 1% of your accounts, then you can't lose any more. But if you go in and put 10, 20, 30% of your account on a trade, then you have to put your stop loss of 1%. So I don't ever recommend anyone risk any more than 1%. Okay, well, let's go to topic three then, which is lemonade. This is um, an, quite an exciting insurer, actually. It's one of those which has a bit of a difference to it that it's aimed at a younger generation. So their target audience is kind of early 30s. And we've talked about them before, but what's been happening to them since we uh, last discussed them last year? Well, 
They, since the start of IPO last summer, so the share price is $29. And after bouncing around for a while, the stock has soared over the last few months. Since the beginning of the year, we've had a bit of a pullback. So we've had about a 20% pullback. But even with that 20% pullback, the stock is up 200% since the beginning of November. So it's it, it's one of these stocks that has... As um, I would class it as a disruptor in the market, it's not normal. The normal Joe Soaps is one of these ones that has come in and sort of smashed it out of the park and it's drawn everyone's attention to it. I must admit, I didn't know too much about Lemonade before we did these podcasts. And so what, what markets are they active in? Well, look, they're, they're pretty global, but their biggest market is the US as, as, as normal. And, you know, with all these companies, they're always looking to extend what their offering is. And so have Lemonade got plans to expand what their service is in the near future? Well, it's, it's like everything. They, they are looking to expand. They're looking to, to continue with this. Their, their big thing this year is the, the life insurance and their target audience are people in around 30 to 35 years of age. For it, look, they're like yourself, Dylan. So you're, you're a prime example. You are literally their target audience. You're someone who is, who is young. You have a, a family. And what happens if you get sick? What happens if you fall off your Peloton bike and hurt yourself? <laughs> <laughs> and what the idea of this is to, and that's the market that they're sort of, they're sticking, sticking their claim in. And Additionally, they've been a pet and home insurance provider. And so yes. they're now going into life insurance. Um, and we often talk about IPOs um, having a spike initially and then kind of tailing off. Has that been the case with Lemonade or have they seen higher growth than other IPOs that we've discussed in this podcast? It, it depends on who you're, who you're, um, who you're comparing it to. So if you're comparing it to the likes of the Ubers of this world, it, it's done exceptionally better than the likes of Ubers of this world. If you're comparing it to the Beyond Meats, then it, it hasn't. So it depends on it depends on what your what your comparison is or, or compare it to the likes of Peloton. Um, no, it hasn't done anywhere near that. But we've had a we've had a pullback across the market of about 20% in the last month. But we're seeing that pullback across all stocks, across all markets at the moment so it is pretty standard on what's going on in the likes of the nasdaq or the s&p or the dow for that matter so yes we've had had a pullback and if you're someone who is interested in like this if you're someone who likes a disruptor in the market and wants to get in on stocks that are have room to grow this is one of them this is one of these ones that has massive room to grow but it's it's a bit like the the one um, we talked about a little bit earlier on it's it's one of those ones that you hold on to it and then you just see where it goes because we could have a big drop but for me this is less likely it is in a market that has has gone on from strength to strength it's adding value to it for its stockholders and it is in a in an upper trend and it looks like it's here to stay well, there's a lot going for it, right? It's got a very strong brand name now, and it's got a great target audience because it's kind of the next generation of people who are going to be taking out this insurance. And they've been able to show and generate growth in, let's face it, less than ideal conditions. So when things turn around, things could actually look pretty positive for them. Yeah. So what what they did, what they did is when the when the stock rose, they actually cashed in and raised five hundred and thirty million on the on the high valuations, which means that they can now start reinvesting it into the company. If you look at the books, if you look at what they're doing, if you look at people's interest in it. It looks like it's a win-win situation, but yes, there's no technical analysis on this because it's too new to have technical analysis. We now have to we have to look at fundamentals on this rather than technicals. So certainly one to keep an eye on then. 
Okay, well, thanks everyone for listening to this week's podcast. Before we wrap it up, is there anything else that people should be watching? Well, for me, the big mover at the moment is is GBP. We've had a, a, a nice pullback on GBP over the last couple of days, so there's been a lot of a lot of um, setups, whether it's GBP CHF, GBP USD. We've had we've had an awful lot of setups across GBP over the last week, and um, so that is something that I've been looking at. And we've seen since the, the 15th of December, when Brexit deal was sorted out, GBP has, has been getting stronger. So it's the strongest currency out there. We have the likes of the NASDAQ literally sitting on a level that has been there to triple bottom. So let's see over the next coming days, are we going to see a bounce to the upside or is this downward momentum going to continue dropping? And then we have the cryptocurrencies come back and hit the, the, the 40K, well, just over the 40K mark. And now it looks like it's starting its phase one to the upside again. So yeah, it's exciting times for anyone who's in the market at the moment. Brilliant. Well, thanks everyone for listening to this week's podcast. You can learn more about the markets on Henry's weekly webinar, which you can find by going onto Google and typing in eToro Trading School. We look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com.